Hey, welcome to Real Talk with WU Kaifa. I'm your host, Ian Case. And today we are joined by a WVU staff member who will be talking about one of the deep-rooted convictions we as a Kaifa have, also affectionately known as our Kaifa-isms. Our hope is that as we share with you these convictions, you will be able to walk away with a greater understanding of Jesus, understand the heart of each conviction, and be able to apply them in your life, whether it be at your home, with your family, in your dorm room, in your classrooms, or with your small groups. We hope these convictions will change your lives like they have changed ours. So let's get to it. So today we're joined by Sean, who's on staff with WVU Chi Alpha. What's up? He's awesome. He's a good friend of mine. We both love books and talking about them and board games. And sadly... This closes out our winter break conviction episodes that we're doing, but I'm excited about today's conviction because it's a big deal to the both of us, and this also means students will be coming back in a few days, so we'll be back in the grind of Chi Alpha and school, which I'm excited about because that means I get to see all my friends I haven't seen in a while. Oh, yeah. So, Sean, before we get into this conviction, how long have you been in Chi Alpha? Um... So this is about eight and a half years. No. Yeah, eight and a half years. Eight and a half years. I got involved as a freshman in college in 2011. Um, I met two people who pretended like they knew me, and I didn't know them, but then I thought I knew them because uh, they kept telling me that they knew me. Um, turns out that they didn't have a clue who I was. They just wanted me to come hang out. Um, but I got involved, yeah, like pretty much right away. Uh, fell in love with Chi Alpha um, and became a small group leader my sophomore year. Uh, led for two years there and then another year um, as a resource leader uh, before I moved up here with my wife, Heather, um, who was on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, and we came up to WVU uh, to help with the plant team here. And so we've been here for four and a half years now at this point, And it has been the craziest, coolest adventure of my life. I bet it has. It's been a lot of fun since I've moved up here. So, Sean, when you were a student, you've learned several things in Kaffa. You read a bazillion books by now, um, and you log them all, which is awesome. Um, but one thing that you've learned is this conviction, this Kaffaism, what God does in you, he wants to do through you. Um, so, like, when you heard it for the first time, like, like, how did that affect you? I remember the first time um, someone said this, they, you know, I'd heard what God does in you, wants to do through you. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Um, And then someone kind of explained it a little differently. uh, And they said um, that your life will, um, God will use your life to be the prescription in someone else's life. And so what has gone on in your life, what the Lord has done through your life, um, that there will be people that you'll meet that because God's done something in your life, you'll be able to help them, you'll be able to minister to them, love them, because you've gone through something similar. And that was the first time it clicked. Um, I'd heard it, you know, it was it was just at Sam Houston State University, that was like one of the like top convictions that they always said again and again, um, what God does in you wants to do through you. And it clicked that day where I was like, okay, it's stuff I've gone through in my life, the Lord can use that so that I can reach other people. I um, mean, that was probably uh, probably the first year I led re- uh, small groups, so 2012-ish, um, that the Lord really revealed that into my heart. Wow. And so, like, 
I mean, that means you probably have several stories that you could tell and talk about. Uh, or you're like, just looking back, you can see like, man, the Lord did this in my life. But I'm like seeing it playing out like through through me with my small group guys. Um, can you think of like a story that you got? Yeah. Um, so I'll be real with you guys. Uh, so my first year leading a small group, um, the Lord totally had his hand on it. Um, had a lot more guys than I ever thought I could handle. Um, but I had a couple guys that were, um, rowdy to say the least, uh, didn't seem to care much. They just kind of came every, I actually don't know why they came every week, honestly. Um, still to this day, I'm like, it, I, the only thing I can think is that Jesus, but they didn't really care all that much. Um, but I remember, so when I was a freshman, um, before I met my wife, Heather, I had dated, um, someone and, uh, yeah, I just made some stupid choices, um, with, with this girl. And, um, but I remember at a small group that I was sharing with these guys, um, you know, just, just some of the dumb choices I'd made, um, the year before, but how God had redeemed me, um, and redeemed that. Um, and it was so cool because one of those guys who, um, was like a knucklehead, he, uh, he ended up when I took him home that night, he said, Hey Sean, you know, before today, honestly thought like you just did no wrong. Like I thought you just never had sinned or done anything bad. Um, but he was like, but man, I see that like the stuff that I've done, like there's, there's hope for me. I don't have to like be here. Um, I don't have to, I don't have to like settle with, well, I've messed up. I guess God's not going to be happy with me. So might as well keep doing bad. Um, and so it was really cool because it was one of the first times that I ever got to speak to this guy really. Um, he came every week, but this was like the first time where I was able to like, like have a heart to heart with him. Um, because God had redeemed, yes, a dumb choice I had made, but because he had redeemed me, that was something he'd done in me. It was able to be done through as I shared that. Um, in this guy's life and then got to begin to see um, hope in this guy's life for for restoration for him man wow a couple of thoughts that came through my head is like and we always have that rowdy or that knucklehead guy in our small group and I can always think of a couple of guys throughout my years of being in a small group and if you can't think of that someone then obviously it's you <laughs> um, but man that story that story is like really powerful and it's cool to see like, like, thank you, Jesus, that you've done this in my life. Yeah. And because of that gratitude and like just being vulnerable, like you're able to have real conversations with each other, which brings real hope and brings real restoration yeah. to the uh, situation and to the person. Um, so yeah, that's really encouraging. And I hope that you listeners are encouraged by that story. That's awesome. And so, Sean, I think it's like safe to say this concept, this conviction, this this kafaism is constantly showing up throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, so what verses and even what characters in the Bible uh, do we see this talked about? Yeah. Um, so thinking about people, I mean, just briefly go through some of them. Um, I, I was trying to think of like a title of what they would be called, but... I mean, the second in commands is like the ones that come to mind, but like Joseph, Daniel, um, Mordecai and Esther, uh, Moses, like these people that were highly favored, highly gifted of God before they were ever used by God. So Moses 
had you know a 40 year long education i mean with the best university in the world and god had done some incredible things in his life and then he said okay i'm going to do some incredible things through you you know joseph had had some really crappy stuff happen to him but he didn't he didn't get bitter he said this was the lord used this you know you you intended evil my brothers but god intended it for good and he said what god had done in his life um you know that that he wasn't going to say that god was doing this because he hated me but he's going to say, what happened in my life, God's going to use that through me, um, which really did come about bringing a salvation of multiple nations. You know, Esther and Mordecai, um, they, they said God had put me in this place, both of them in different places. Um, and then they had a moment where they said, OK, I can I can do something about this. Esther had a choice to do something with with her being the queen. Um, and she chose to be obedient and to say, I'm going to do something. God has put me here, and I'm going to do something through my life. Um, but then also, um, I really love this. So it's not a character, but it's in the Bible. Um, it's talked about a lot, and that's the Dead Sea. Um, and so if you guys know anything about the Dead Sea, um, the reason it is dead is because it's got so much salt in it that no life can live apart from you know some bacteria that is super resistant um, but if you go swim in the Dead Sea, they you have like a 30-minute limit because it'll start eating away at your skin. Um, you float on it because it's so buoyant. Um, but the reason why the Dead Sea is dead is because there's an inlet where a bunch of water pours in, but there's no outlet. So no water pour, pours out. Um, and I love um, just thinking about the Dead Sea. Um, if you think about that as your own life, so... Um, God does stuff in you, whether that's, you know, experientially, um, you know, you're at the altar and God speaks to you and does something or like you're reading your Bible, you're reading, you know, books, you're, you're listening to sermons. Um, if you're intaking all of this stuff, but there's no outpouring, if it, it, if there's no outlet, then you actually end up become stagnant and dead. Um, and that, that the reality of the Bible is that God never intended us to just be absorbers. He never int intended us for just to have out or an inlet, but to also have an outlet. That yes, it starts with what God does in you, right? The, the Dead Sea is full because there's an inlet first, but because there's no outlet, it's dead, right? And but God intended us to have outlets too, that he wants to do stuff in us, but then he also wants to do stuff through us. Um, and so I know that's not like that's not what the Dead Sea means in the Bible, but even even as we think about the Dead Sea here, um, it's just crazy to think about that. That the reason it's dead is because it's only absorbing and it's not pouring out. Um, and just as we look at that metaphorically, it's like okay, like we're to be pouring out too, right? Like the like the River Jordan, um, that that is always flowing and it's fresh. And so, um, yeah, yeah, that's a real good analogy because even like if you find stagnant water, like it's unhealthy to drink from, especially the longer it sits there. And so if us or some animal drinks from it, they'll get sick or worst case scenario, it, that stagnant water will bring death. Um, yeah. And that's like extreme cases. And so like the yeah. Lord doesn't want us to just take in things because then we just grow bacteria that brings bad things, you know? Yeah. And it's crazy too, because something good, something life giving like the Word of God, like hearing the Word of God preached and, you know, altar experiences and all these things are beautiful and they're wonderful. But if that's all there ever is and there's no expression of that, there's no outpouring, 
you know, from what God has done in you that he wants to do through you, then, then it can actually start to have a, a negative effect, um, which doesn't seem like it should be the case. Um, but yeah, it, it got, God has never intended us to, to be secret Christians and, um, you know, and, and, and hold everything in, but he wants us to share and wants us to, cause we're, we're a community, we're the body, right? And so we do this together. Um, so what God has done in my life, he wants to share through Jeff's life and Heather's life and, um, and, and the guys in my resource and, um, small group leaders and all these different things. He wants to do that because he's a life giving, right? God. And so, um, yeah, I just, I think it's crazy that something good can end up actually being bad if not used properly. Yeah. That, yeah, that's really good. And like, I'm thinking about Jesus when he's talking about like, we're going to have rivers of flowing water out of us. So like what God does in you, he wants to do through you. Uh, it's kind of a responsibility. It's like we, and he gives us the privilege and honor of like participating in like the work that he's doing yeah, around the world and in us and like, and, and other people. And yeah. So it's, it's an incredible privilege that, that I often have to just sit down and be like, Lord, you like, let me be a part of this. And I don't know why, <laughs> but I am so, so grateful that you do. Yeah, same. And so, you know, like I said, at the beginning of this episode, this is our last one for the winter break and school starts back up, honestly, in a few days. And so for our students and our listeners who are hearing this, like how can they apply this over these last few days with their families? But how also how could they like, like gear up for school starting back up and apply this during the first week or, you know, the first, you know, the rest of the spring semester with their classes or dorms, small groups. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have another saying, uh, I'll just throw in that you get two isms for one, uh, love finds a need and meets it. Um, and so, you know, that, that's like a very practical, just like, okay, like, I'm looking around. God has done, God has changed my heart. He's, he's done this in my life. You know, I've learned what real friendship looks like in small group, or I know what it is to read the Bible now and, and to understand God and, and, and that he's revealing himself to me. Right. Um, and so you think about, okay, like I know what real friendship looks like. I'm going to, I'm going to fight for that with my friends at home or, you know, these last couple of days or with my family, like, you know, we don't have to just watch four movies in a row. Like we can play a board game and, and laugh and have fun. And, um, but another thing, so this one, like is, it's subjective, but, um, I just encourage people, like, I think reflection is really cool. Um, so I'm not a journaler. I don't, I just kind of like to sit and think, but I know for a lot of people it's really healthy. Um, but just to like sit down, especially, okay, like let's look at fall of 2019. What, what did the Lord do in my life? For some people, man, I got, I got saved. Like I met Jesus, you know, and that's that, you know, that, or, or, you know, um, I got healed or I got delivered or, you know, I'm, I, I'm no longer anxious anymore. God, God freed me from anxiety and going through and just writing down, like, this is what the Lord did. He brought me friends. You know, he, he I, I, I met my roommate because they, you know, uh, who I'm going to live with, like all these things that the Lord has done this semester and write it out write out what God has done this last semester. And then, then really at this point it is, it's, I mean, I can't give you a specific answer, but just saying, Lord, you've done this in my life. Now, how can you use, how can you use this so that I can bless someone else so that I can see someone else know you so that someone else can be welcomed into your family? Um, what's really cool. Cause then, you know, you get a heart of gratitude for what the Lord has done, but then you also get to like lean into the leading of God's spirit 
of like how to do this, right? And love finds a need and meets it. That doesn't, I mean, that could be as simple as, you know, oh, the trash is filled. Let me go take that out because without someone asking. Or it can be like, you know, something huge like, I, you know, someone just got a medical bill for $400 and, well, I got $400 for Christmas and I know they're on tough times. I'm just going to give it to them. You know, like, I mean, it can be like a whole drastic thing, but this idea of like love finds a need and meets it combined with what God has done in me. What did he do this last semester? Um, and then asking God to reveal ways that you can let that flow through you out to someone else. Um, and I think that's a really cool um, way to, to practically do this. But if I were to say like, go and do X, Y, and Z, I, I don't think I can. I think that's something that because what God has done in each of us is so different. We may have been at the exact same altar right next to each other, but God was doing totally different things in us. And so I think it's also a cool opportunity just to like let the spirit of God speak to us and lead us. Um, so that would be my practical uh, advice. Sweet. Well, thank you, Sean, for joining us today and for answering those questions. And man, that was really good. Really grateful for you. And so final question before we close, uh, what's a good resource for our listeners and our students that can help them grow in this conviction? I'm going to not give one book. I'm going to give a genre. Um, biographies. I think I think Christian biographies. Um, I mean, I can list a handful of um, uh, David Wilkerson, The Cross and the Switchblade. Um, we've got, you know, God Smuggler by Brother Andrew. Uh, you got F.W. Borum has five books that are called the texts that made history. Um, they're all biographies. Um, I, I'm reading a, a book right now called God's Generals, um, and it's talking about the Pentecostals, um, spirit filled. But he's got a whole bunch of other ones on the martyrs and on the reformers and the revivalist. And um, but I think what's so cool is that you get to start with where these men and women were when they were younger, what God had done in their lives as children. Um, as young adults, um, missionary biographies, man, like uh, John Patton and uh, C.T. Studd, and I mean, some some incredible people, and I'm just throwing out names. You can find biographies in all these people, um, but it's just cool because you see what God did in their life. You see how he challenged them, how he changed them, and then they said, I'm going to live my life to make much of God, and I'm going to go do this, whether it means I go halfway across the world to China, you know, even if I die, even if I lose um, all that, that is dear to my heart for King Jesus, I'm going to go because he's done this in my life. Um, and so I would just encourage you um, on our website, wvuxa.com, um, we have missionary bios uh, in the resources, um, just short missionary bios. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff, um, but I would really encourage reading a biography. It'll just, it'll challenge you in a way um, where you'll be like, man, I want, I want to, I want to live like that for God. Um, and I want to see that what God has done in my life now as 18, 19, 20-year-old isn't insignificant but can lead to world-changing events. Um, so missionary bios, Christian bios, um, that is that is my go-to. Yeah, I guess to drop a couple more, you got Jim Elliott, uh, you got... Through Gates of Splendor. That's what that yeah. book is called. Okay. And uh, you also have, I mean, God Smuggler is an amazing book. I have The Insanity of God. Um, Nick Ripken. That tells several stories. Um, but yeah, if you didn't catch it all, go back and re-listen to all that. 
Yeah. Um, but thank you, Sean, for or just good... come find me and ask me, and I'll give you even more. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you, Sean, for all those good resources. Um, so check them out. Check out our website because uh, we do have a lot of missionary biographies on there, um, and it'll be worth your time. Well, Sean, thanks for being on the show. It was great. Yeah, we'll see you guys uh, in a couple days.